Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Tomato metro tapui tirangi titi. Terokoni matu ita kamita ke tuyaku e tomato tuo note mea. Kono o mai koe kiru tapui tomato ni ora anga eku akatai mai koe matu ki tira o ta awi oronga mai no matu katotoa mateora. Teia matu te mua ito o nangaroro tapunui e te tua. Ita pupu atu e matu, ita pupu atu e tomato itzitangata e ita pupu atu e te prokaramu ki mua iakoe. Keriro na awe rataki, na awe oronga mai te mana Mi kona mai i hako e te atua, i te akatantano anga, i te oronga anga, i ta au na tūtua tika, i te au imene te ka imene i e te atua, ki akatotoa i e tirea ki rotu i te ngākautanga te akaronga mai ni e te atua. Haleluia, te metua tapu, kare atu kare mai i rotu i to mātou ora anga mari rā kokoe. Nō rira, te kokou mai ni mātou i to mātou itzitangata kato, te okorātou e akaronga mai ni i te programi te ati anga nei, kia riro te ta i ora no mātou, i rotu i te pastors awa programu e te atua, i te pūpū ia mātou, kia ruru ki te ngai o kotai, tō mātou wairua, tō mātou inangaru iako e te atua, i te ta i ora ua nei, kia riro ta mātou karawe ki mua iako e te atua, e mea kakara e e mea ariki a mai e koe. E te atua, 
aka kore mai koe tamato ara e mahanui i roto ye yesu i pure to e mato amen Father God, we just come before you, Father God. We just give you the glory and the honor, Father God. Father God, bless the hearts, bless the souls, bless those who are listening to thy radio, Father God. Above all, Father God, give us joy today, Father God. Father God, we pray for everyone who is nearby, who is having a cup of coffee and listening to the word, and they may be blessed today, Father God. In your name we pray, amen.
Tō tātou tatau angai tia pūpongi, tei rota tērera i te pētero tai, penerima i rawaono ki te irawa tainguru mātai. Pētero tai, penerima i rawaono, ako tia tū ki te irawa tainguru mātai. Tēnā kōnei. E tēnāna, kā ka mōraro i a kōtou ua orai i raroa kei te rima mana o te atua. Kia ka teitei aia i a kōtou i te tuatau tikai. E uri i tō kōtou tūma te tenga katoa ki runga i aia. Koi o ki te tseki mai i a kōtou. E ākono meitaki e matakite te aha aere nei o ki tō kōtou enemi ko te tseaporo. Mei te riona ngungurura i te kimianga i te tangata e pau i aia. Ko te ipātoi atu ia, ma te akarongo tūrori e kore, ko a kite o ki kotou e, tei tō kotou au taiake katoa, i te ao nei taua au matera. Ko te atuara nōna te arua uakatoa nei, ko te kapiki a tātou nō tōna ara kakā, motu kore i a Iesu Mesia nei, ki a roa i tiake tō kotou mate, ki a ka metaki rawa aia i a kotou, ki a tauturu mai, Kia ka marurui mai e kia ka tīnāmu i a kōtou. E iaia te hametaki, e te au, e tuatatau uatu. Āmene. Vaiu tātou te araratakātia tuikunai, nā nārai a hametaki mai a tātou kātotoa, te harungoanga i tāna araratika. And now we shall turn to the English reading. Please open your Bibles to 1st Peter chapter 5, and we shall begin to read from verse 6 to 11. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 to 11, and it reads as thus. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting off your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called in unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, made you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory, and to him also dominion for ever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us all for the reading and the hearing of his holy words. Amen. The blood that Jesus shed for me Way back on Calvary The blood that gives me strength From day to day It will never It soothed my doubts 
And it calms my fears And that same love dries all of my tears Oh, the love that gives me strength From day to day It will never lose its power Oh, I'm glad that it reaches To the highest mountain ちょらなたとかととあいてあちあがねかこもこまちまととことるあいてたよこういうやなきまとれいてたよあかころあがてプリアチュまとキロとえあとまとまのこいるがいちりらあやっぱりまいておらちけたといとまといりなきあがえか
Mutia uwianga, mutia orama te te orama ko i te tatau nei. Ito ko ala mano ko kua puma ala tanga ko kua benefit ko te 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 tang toki nei te kupu tang tare. Inara hatia api hatia pa ko e talano ako o kumu kumu api. Well, to what I'm going to walk, car out of power, what's out of the program, it is a Pacific Parents Education Program. Okay, program, it is to empower, it is to equip all the families or parents or grandparents um, in regards to their children's education, a way of uh, gaining uh, skills or knowledge in equipping themselves to support their own children with their education uh, program. Our last program that we have just done last weekend, uh, we had it for four sessions. The outcome of that, there were a lot of uh, grandparents who are parenting their uh, grandchildren or the great-grandchildren, which is quite... um, it was really interesting in this in this uh, time around as they learn alongside with what was presented for... um, for the four sessions. Mm. So the outcome or the learning outcome or how have this program uh, benefited the, the whole community or the children, the families and all that, from my own perspectives uh, with uh, the outcome was, there was um, it was good to see all the community coming together, like mm. the leaders of the Inua or the leader for the uh, Cook Islands Association to see exactly uh, what is going on, you know, what is the importance uh, for for this initiative? Secondly, to see grandparents uh, parenting their uh, grandchildren or the, the great-grandchildren and engaging in the program as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So there was a, a wider skills for them gained from the program to support themselves with their children's uh, education. Mm-hmm. Followed on, there's a wealth of knowledge shared and gained as well from the teachers to the parents and the children themselves. Um, there were relationships were established as well from our babies to the teachers or to the to the uh, families who were there as well. Uh, there were confidence gained from what they have learnt as well, and there was a commitment for uh, from all the individuals who were enrolled or recruited on the on the program as well, because the most important thing is their, their children's education and not even getting the teachers as well who participated into the program from ECE, primary, intermediate, college, for their energy, for their enthusiasm, for the motivation as well, and instilling their own knowledge and experiences for the, for the children, for our Cook Islands community and for our parents holistically as well. So uh, those were the, the most important uh, aspects that I have gained uh, introducing this program with the wider Cook Islands community this year. So me te horongorongo mai nei koutou, te omitui di a program we ora ora yatou nei There's another opportunity coming up again later on this year. So no reira, me te kirami ni, me te horongorongo mai, di a tuongai tamatou i ora ora atou nei kia koutou ka atoutoua. Kia ora ana. I te community isolate 
So in order to help others who have not yet experienced isolation, are you able to tell us your own experiences, the impact on your family? How did you isolate with five adults and a little one? And what things did you as a family have to do to keep the morale of your family intact? Tell us. The adults was easy with the rules. We only had one person who who brought this uh, sickness into the house. So we isolate her in her own room. We mm. take her food at her chair, knock and leave her food. We wear gloves and masks so she don't pass her sickness to us. But for our four-year-old, we got it occupied so that she doesn't feel um, the separation from her mom. So she delivers the food on a chair, knock on a chair, she steps away. And that's the routine that we inserted in her. But she had other things. I felt for her because she wanted to hug her mother. She wanted to kiss. She wanted to touch her mom. But we told her, no, you can't touch your mom because she's sick. Mm. So that's how we separated them. And we got her to work as well, to, to involve her into it. Take the food, pick the plates with gloves, teaching her the house. So she don't feel really the separation from her mom. Mm. And um, explaining to a four-year-old is like, oh, I don't know how you can, you have to keep her <laughs> occupied, you have to tell her. To mm. her, sickness is a sickness. It's still the mm. same like a flu. But trying to explain to a four-year-old, I don't know how we do it, but we kept her busy. Mm. We made sure she had a say. We made sure she can deliver. And it mm. helps her interaction with their mom. So mm. she just talks from the door just to hear her mom's voice. And um, helping in the house, wash the dishes, and telling her why she needs to wear the gloves, why she needs to wash her mom's cup, and all the things that she needs to be aware. But mm. sometimes she will ask you, but why? If you mm. give her the wrong answer and she's not satisfied, it will go on and on <laughs> and on. I don't know where we can get the patient where a four-year-old. Sometimes you just let them rev on. But the first couple of days, come the fourth day, she started crying. She missed the interaction and the closeness to her mom. Mm -hmm. She wanted to go next to her mom and get sick and sit with her. But we <laughs> told her no. Mm -hmm. But the good thing with her, because she loves her grandfather so much, so that was the easiest part. For her to mm -hmm. sleep, she goes in bed with her grandpa. Mm -hmm. And then getting her ready to go to school. But the separation with her mom, oh, I don't know how. It must be the prayer. And uh, <laughs> just praying. This granddaughter of mine, she has a mind of her own. When she mm. says, yeah, and you say no, it's a yes to her. Mm. So we kept her occupied. She gets to play things, goes outside, 
and give her toys and she mm -hmm. makes her own cars, tired with the rope, running around in the house. So it was a, mm -hmm. a lot of things occupying, even the washer dishes, set the table, take the clothes in the washing, just to keep her mum. As long her mum mm -hmm. walks past or knock on the door, she's happy with it. And most of all, with her grandfather, when he comes from work, he picks mm -hmm. her up and that interaction. Um, because I feel that with her mother, that it was a no-no for her to be separated from her mum. But mm -hmm. she has a lot of push to us. But why do we have to be separated? Why? What happened? Doesn't, what's that sickness for explaining to a four-year-old boy? But mm -hmm. that was a hard one for all of us. And mm -hmm. when my other grandchild comes, that's another headache for us. But we told the father, kept that one away from us until mm -hmm. we are open. So mm -hmm. that's how we mm -hmm. did at home. It was a family. Mm -hmm. We worked as a family. Yeah. So what we did was, which was a good thing, when we need food, we let Thomas know. Thomas will come mm -hmm. knock, drop at the door and move out. So that's how we were operating at home. Mm. Thank you. Tenara ta koto e horongorong mai ne koto te ya ya ine ta na itorato mutore itorato isolating pera koto tato ka toto who have been isolating we've had different experiences as well. Who does the shopping for us? Who does the cooking in the home? Who's allowed to go there and there? And even the little ones, as what Auntie Ina was explaining, keeping her occupied, ensuring yeah there are resources there to. To continue uh, keeping her busy, but it uh, turned the thing upside down. Nah. So, did uh, all of us have had different experiences from isolating? And um, yeah, what did I do? They taught the okay to know, yeah, sister in it, no, not the total, the wheel to the wheel, yeah, mama, terimona. Thank you, Rani. Nui, monitoring recently, you were you just returned from Auckland attending your late brother's funeral. What impact did the family go through the organizing and abiding with both rules from the from the health department for your event with the family service and the funeral? What was the impact that you have? Mm. It was like like see how I'm reacting. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, I'm, um, you know, I really appreciate all the um, the news that I have been hearing of others, you know, doing the strict, you know, lockdowns. Because to, to see and hear is one thing, but to experience for yourself is another thing altogether. So, and to make mm -hmm. it difficult because um, my brother was uh, a pastor a pastor in the apostolic faith. And uh, that means our bishop was heading all the way back from Tahiti in mm. order to attend this funeral. So you're not, you, you've got protocol to honor <clears throat> and you've got protocol of health restrictions to honor as well. And you've got um, families who's grieving and needs to be there, but where do you draw the line? And uh, so, when it came to the family service, um, we, we literally, it was so heartbreaking. We mm -hmm. literally had to shut out people. We had it at the R2 hostel. And I want to thank God and praise the Lord for uh, 
the Archie Hostel uh, management because uh, they work very, you know, closely with keeping our people safe. And in order to do, do that, you've got to abide by the the health uh, restrictions and you, you can penalize. They can be mm-hmm. penalized and they can have their wall <coughs> shut down. So you don't want, and I know it must grieve their heart as well in order to, mm-hmm. to make things work with the families. But anyway, what happened was our total apostolic people were really had to be shut out. Because a hundred seatings was taken up by family from outside of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And a few seats were taken up by our by the saints, by our apostolic people. But the majority, if you people had viewed um, the choir, all of that lump people were shut outside. So um, there had to there was a, a special extension just to allow them in for the singing. Mm-hmm. They were allowed to stand at at the back, so um, yeah. So the impact, it, it's not a nice feeling, and and I and I thought very hard about it afterwards, for the mm-hmm. sake of the rest of our people, especially in Auckland. Auckland, I believe it's like um, it's a war zone. Mm-hmm. Us traveling in from safe environments into what I call a war zone. Um, we really have to and we must. And I think if I have another funeral, um, we will have because they you can you can control it by having names and allowing certain people only. Mm. That's that's harder, I think, on the organisers and the family to do that. But I think it's the only way, maybe. Mm. Uh, otherwise, you you shut your whole community out and just stick to the uh, if it's a church if it's a church affair, especially if it's a pastor passing away and just allow the seatings for your church and no one else, you know? So um, it was difficult. But I, I want to thank the Lord that, that we made it, you know, what they get to open up. Te aronga kai yo mai kiroto wa karanga tu matue akatika ki koi te varua siaki mai ireira. And to, um, you know, you couldn't even put on any... Um, cup of tea or anything like that so it was all pre-packed mm. so people came at the door pick it up and go to the cemetery oh. with your with your food mm. um i haven't seen a heartbreaking scene like that down here in wellington with us i haven't i haven't experienced it and uh only this up there and i, I feel for all of our many people who go oh. through any has just come back from one in auckland as well so i don't know how how it impacted her, I would assume it'll be the same as in my case. Um, you know, especially in Akarana, not the matter the number of the kake eru wajura, the kake eru wajura kiruma, and kia kauraru, matue te pakari o te ture. So you can keep your families safe. At mm. the end of the day, that's what it's about now. Mm. And, um, and so 
kia kamita ki etia tō nō kotu e pōneki, kākarangaue e, e itatangata kauroro kotu. That's why karetatu i, I te iroa anga tuatau. Kari karetatu i pakia i mi te e te ta i tō tātou o tēke ari i ākarana. Kia nārira uatura, akamo, akono i te ture, mea karanga ia tāpoki, tāpoki, mea karanga ia ore i terima, ore i terima, mea karanga ia aura kao ki tātou e aka i iu, for your own sake and for our own sake. Mm. Yeah. So and that, my people, is uh, our panel discussion for tonight. I pray that you all enjoyed the different aspects that we have um, tried to uh, portray to you all uh, mm-hmm. of real life experiences in order mm-hmm. to help each one of you uh, listening in. And this uh, session is coming to you from Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. Isolate um watch this space
Kerana kota tu ya kerongkong mai ni mata kita kimi ni tata tu program itu ya popong itu apa sih itu ya cawatau terukone ya kau tiak harawi itu kita tato kato tua itu tato urmetu kau ya kau orang orang mai tiarara tiatu kita tato kato tua praise the Lord and good morning again to us all all our viewers who are watching us on our live right now and all our awesome listeners listening to our radio station this morning it is my uh, it is a privilege and an honor for me to introduce to you. Or our pastor, who is going to share the word of God to you uh, on this beautiful Sunday morning, welcoming our dear pastor, Tiramona Tawira Makakia. Praise the Lord. Kurandato kato toi tero mana no to tato atiko yesu mesia tato kato toi korongorong mene tato tora tu dia pupungi o pupungi mana. Rasa percita tu orang menota tu, kita kau mesti kau kita papa itu tatu, aku kau Yesus Mesia. Memuah, te awal tatu itu ni demaru itu tatu orang aku papa, kita kau mesti kau mana tu ni anga otero otero kira orang tatu kato tua, kita itu mana te kakai te tapuni te ni eh tua tu waktu ngatu ametoru, tu te nua tu te ture tu te bangiria, ngata vinu te tua mai kade sejuk sejuk, tamur muri ni itu tatu itu tengah tu kau kira ni rari te muru te bangiria kira na curo orang mai. Iti popong ini teruotu tato. Atau ko Yesus Mesia. Talo falawa malo lelainin sampul minakat talo hani. Pelayatu kiora in a very very warm Christian greetings everybody on this beautiful Sunday morning that the good Lord has truly blessed us all. We honor and praise God for the gift of life to live yet another day. Grateful and thankful to God for that, for the the abundance of God's blessings and love upon our lives, His favor, and truly appreciate the Lord uh, for that. And uh, thank God for this Sunday morning that we're able to um, fellowship and worship and praise God via uh, this uh, radio program. So uh, truly thank you all for joining in and tuning in also uh, at the same time. Our guide and uh, the word for the Lord from the Lord for all of us this morning is from First Peter chapter 5. And verse 7 is a key verse. Uh, the text has been already been read to us all. But verse 7 is a key verse for this morning. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all of your anxieties, all of your problems, all of your issues are to the Lord. For the mere reason that he loves us, that he cares for us, and he's very interested in our issues, in our situations, in our problems uh, that we face every day of our lives. And he is faithful and just to come in and address that and meet us where we are at. And God is loving and faithful. Um, so the theme then for this morning is the essence of prayer. The essence of prayer. Our daily bread reads in terms of the storyline, and I'll add a little bit to it. And it goes like this. When Abraham Lincoln became president of the United States of America, he was tasked with leading a fractured nation, a divided nation. Much like ours uh, at the moment in terms of the pandemic, in terms of the mandates, um, the vex and the unvex and um, the passports and um, dividing people alongside um, health. And it's almost like a health apartheid segregation and separation. Um, so uh, he came into office at the time where the people were divided. Um, so um, in like manner also in the same manner that we have found ourselves in. So President Lincoln is viewed as a wise leader, 
and a man of high moral character. But another element to his makeup, perhaps, was the foundation for everything else. He understood that he was inadequate for the task, for the job as a president at hand, and most particularly uh, ruling over a fractured, divided, separated, segregated nation. His response to that inadequacy, President Lincoln said, I have been driven many times uh, upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and all that about me seemed insufficient for that day. When we come to grips with the massive nature of life's challenges and the severe limitations of our own wisdom, knowledge, and understanding or strength, we find, like Lincoln, that we're utterly dependent on Jesus, the one who has no limitations. The Apostle Peter reminded us of his dependency when he wrote, cast all your anxieties, all your problems, all your issues, and all your cares upon him, for he cares for you in First Peter 5, uh, 7. God's love for his children paired up with his absolute power, make him the perfect person to approach with our problems, with our issues, with our frailties. And that's the essence of prayer. When we, got, when we come to God in prayer, when we bring our needs to the Lord and our kids and our, our anxieties, our frailties to the Lord, we go to Jesus acknowledging to him and also ourselves that we are inadequate and he's eternally sufficient. Lincoln said he felt he had nowhere else to go. But when we begin to comprehend God's great care for us, that's wonderfully good news. We can go to him. Now, friends and saints, a bit of insight in this writing of Peter, writing to believers experiencing persecution, the Apostle Peter focuses on the need for humility as they rely on God to deliver them. And I think this is quite appropriate for all of us when we go through our issues, when we go through our problems, when we go through the situations that feels like that there is no light at the end of the tunnel, it feels like a heavy um, burden and yoke that we're carrying in our lives. And whatever issue that is, in whatever situation, whatever problem that is, um, that Peter tries to teach us something here in our lesson today, in our text today, that when we experience those situations, even persecutions, that he makes the believer, the church, to focus on the need for humility as they rely on God to deliver them. You know, when we go through our bad times and our tough times in life, that's the last thing. <laughs> that you would consider doing um, because knowing our natural inclinations, our natural responses to burden and to pressure and to um, life and the problems that, that it brings towards us, the natural reaction and response and inclination is to get angry or lose it, you know, totally lose it and uh, 
or moan or groan or blame others for our situation. And rather than owning up to the responsibilities and and then make a way forward and find a way forward, that the natural response would be to blame others and blame your wife, blame your husband, blame your children, place your, uh, blame your place of work, uh, blame the lack of income and blame everything else. So Peter then addresses the issue of humility when we go through those times. Humility as we wait for God to deliver us, as we wait for God to come through for us, as we wait for God to perform a miracle, as we wait for God to become the provider, as we wait for God to become our healer during times of sicknesses, as we wait for God to become our comfort, and whilst we wait for the Lord to come through, whilst we wait for our breakthrough, whilst we wait for that moment, Peter encourages us to have humility and to be humble about our situation. And I talked a little bit about that last Sunday in our sermon, encouraging the church in terms of uh, Paul's cry and prayer to the Lord three times, Second Corinthians chapter 12 to take away this thorn, remove this thorn, remove this thorn, because it was becoming heavy and the, the pressure of the, the accusations and the persecutions and the hard times that he was going through in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to the many nations at the time. And the thorn and the persecution and the problem that he was getting for preaching the gospel was becoming unbearable that he cried to the Lord three times. In fact, he prayed three times, asking God, remove this thorn of the flesh. I mean, just before that, in the prior verses of that same chapter 12 of Second Corinthians, he was thanking God and praising God, glorifying God for the visions and the revelations and the power and the miracles and the breakthroughs and the wonders of God in his life. Then when he was pressurized by persecutions and trouble, he asked, God to remove that thorn, but God didn't remove it. And what was the reason? What was the purpose for that? That God didn't remove that thorn in his flesh. And the purpose was that there is purpose in pain. It was to humble Paul. That Paul um, demonstrated the spirit of humility. So Peter is speaking about the same thing here to all of us in terms of our encouragement, the pressures that we're going through in life the troubles that is facing us and the problems and it seems like it's piling up one above the other and after the other and it's getting stronger and worse so Peter teaches the humility as we wait for God to come through so that humility process then as we wait for God for breakthrough for your disease for your sickness for uh, for your financial increase and for a new job, for relationship, uh, restoration and healing, um, for any other thing. While we, whilst we wait for God, that humility process that Peter is talking about here, that we take upon ourselves and demonstrate it and perform it and, uh, and live it in a humble way, requires us to go to church. Because that's where humility is practiced. Waking up in the morning, getting yourself dressed and preparing yourself and then going to church. 
that's the process of humility. Because that means you're surrendering your will to the will of God. You're surrendering your life to the guidance of God to please the Lord and uh, and take away everything else that the day offers that you might have been able to do if you didn't humble yourself and surrender yourself to go to the Lord, like going shopping and or going fishing or doing your own thing or staying home watching Netflix and, and so forth. So humility demands that we surrender our will to the will of God every Sunday morning or whatever day that you go to church. Because Hebrews 10, 25, the Apostle Paul says that we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And that's church going until Jesus comes back. That's Sunday school time. And any other time in terms of ministries that you perform in the church, brotherhood, sisterhood, and um, any other ministry, hospitality, music, worship, singing, that doing all these things is that humility face while we wait for the breakthrough to come, while we wait for God to heal us of our sickness, while we wait for God to provide the financial lack, while we wait for God to break through, give us a breakthrough in our heart's desires and prayers that we wanted something in our lives. Whilst we wait for God to do all these wonderful, beautiful uh, things that God has always promised anyway, that He's not slack concerning His promises, that He will do it. But whilst we're waiting, because sometimes it doesn't happen instantly that you, as much as you want it to happen instantly in terms of healing, deliverance, provision, and comfort and strength and so forth. Oftentimes it takes weeks, oftentimes it takes months, oftentimes it takes years, just like the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. Because it's all about God's timing, it's not about our, our timing. So the requirement in, in terms of our humility to wait on the Lord is this face here of occupying ourselves with the things of God, occupying ourselves with the ministry of the Lord, and getting involved in the ministry of God, getting our spirit energized, and, and, and getting our lives filled with His Word, and consolidating our faith. And that phase is all about the church operating within your life, to edify you, to edify me, and the gifts of God operating in our lives to edify. And the, the way for that to happen is in the presence of the Lord and in the presence of God's people. So that's what Peter is trying to encourage us all this morning. And uh, that when we cast in our case upon him, knowing and understanding and believing that he does care for us, but the manifestation of that care from God doesn't happen overnight just like that. I know it's easier said than done. I've been serving the Lord for 30 years now as a pastor, and I've seen um, the love of God, the power of God, and the breakthrough of the Lord come through when humility is applied while waiting for God, being humble about it uh, in Jesus' wonderful name. So most scholars believe that in 1 Peter 5, 6 to 11, in our text this morning, represents an early Christian tradition of encouraging humility because of the presence of Satan and the presence of evil. This idea is underscored by the fact that verses 6 to 9 show a 
very striking similarity to James 4, 6, and 7, because in James 4, 6, and 7, he says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, when the end of 1 Peter uh, 5, 5 uh, says, which is in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. It's read along with these verses of verse 6 in James 4. The similarities are even more evident. This shows that the idea of being humble and submitting to God when we are confronted by our enemy, by our trials, by our problems and issues was common in early Christianity. Verses 8 to 9 go on to describe how to effectively combat the devil through resistance, through firm faith, and encouragement from the community of believers. That's the phase I was talking about, going to church, going to Sunday school, going uh, to Bible study, and, and, and so forth. James simply says to resist the devil in James 4, 7, Peter and James call for both passive faith, submitting to God, and active faith, resisting the devil from believers. So I'll leave you with those words of encouragement this morning, loved ones, and, and, and pray that God will truly bless you and increase your faith and uh, allow faithfulness and humility to be part and parcel of your growth in God, my growth in God, and it comes in terms of our text today through the essence of prayer. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word this morning. Continue to encourage us, O Lord, understanding, casting all of our cares upon you because you are a caring, loving God. And understanding also, Father, that it requires humility, O Lord, from all of us, humbleness, O God, for a breakthrough, for that care and that love to manifest itself literally, O God, into our lives, that we have to be humble and apply humility into our lives, in order to get angry or blame others or whatsoever, but continue worshiping and praising you and in your presence, O Lord. Bless your people with that word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.